Hello and welcome to the 551 Podcast. My name is Wes Perdine. I'm joined as always by my comrades, Corey Schreppel, Mark Fangmeyer, Rodrigo Sanchez Javaria. Hello. We're here to talk soccer. It's a big holiday today. Um, I know that you guys all took off work. We all had paid time off for it. It's a long weekend because today is the fourth anniversary of Alexi Gomez Day. That's right. 4-11-2018, Alexi Gomez, legend, Minnesota United, absolute legend. Um, the man who put the, uh, he put the face on the moon. He put the man on the moon with his uh, stray kicked balls. I mean, um, they, they still might be in flight somewhere over TCF right. Bank it's Stadium. Yep. Was that a was that a REM reference, Man on the Moon? No, it's yeah. just a it's just a reference to the man, the face on the moon. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, it was an REM reference. Um, so, uh, congratulations! How did you guys all celebrate? Um, did you did you have a family meal? What do you guys do usually oh, to celebrate? Uh, the whole family went to Mancini's tonight to mm. celebrate. Yeah, yeah. So I'm a bourbon garlic toast and a steak. Wow! All right, great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my family, uh, we actually, we go around the table and we each kick a ball through a window. <laughs> so it's like a dinner mm-hmm. thing we do. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. the British on new year's pull those little like cracker jacks fireworks or whatever. And then mm-hmm. whatever. Um, so we are going to talk about some soccer, uh, possibly at some point in this, this podcast, let's start off with some good, bad and weird. The good here, Jesse Marsh. American legend, uh, just doing us all proud. And he, uh, he, he now has Leeds United nine points clear of the relegation zone. Um, they are like, they're pretty secure. So uh, I think, you know, they, of course, they only played Watford this weekend, but, you know, that's a, that's a, a six pointer. And uh, they're just, you know, all, I mean, he's just, He's just bringing American exceptionalism to uh, the English soccer leagues. It's going to be soccer by the, uh, you know, I'll say like 2024. Yep. Yeah. And then give, me, they'll, give and, me a year. And then when people call it football, they'll be like, no, it's, it's called soccer. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, there's that. The other good thing, we've got the NWSL challenge kept returning this week. Uh, it took a two week period off. And so, then, like this week on Thursday, you've got Oil Rain versus San Diego Wave. wave. Um, North Carolina have been actually like weirdly good because they have lost a ton of players, and yet they uh, they've got eight points in the top of their group. So um, I no longer like North Carolina; they're no longer my team. I don't know who my team is, but uh, it might be Angel City, and they're only on one point. The uh, the bad. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo smashed a fan's phone, a kid's phone after the, after actually it's a good because uh, Man- Manchester United lost to Everton, just classic. Uh, but uh, Ronaldo, so Cristiano bad. Ronaldo is, uh, he, he's a, a crybaby and a rapist. So sorry, Ronaldo. Um, the other bad, the actual bad here is uh, Gio Reyna. He's out for the season. He's got like a tendon and hamstring injury. He was 70 seconds into starting a match for Dortmund. It's really mm-hmm. depressing. Just like we need him. We need him fit. Too many. Uh, I think Eunice Musa came off injured this week and no one's allowed to get injured right now with Weston and Gio. And it's guys, we got to stay fit for they've the got, fall. 
They've got till November. They'll be all right. Put them in like little little bubbles. Um, here's the weird. Pablo, uh, Pablo Maurer from The Athletic, who has written quite a lot, quite obsessively, weirdly, about the, the water <laughs> fountain that Landon Donovan quite famously um, did his uh, photo shoot for, was it GQ or Forgetting the Magazine? Um, Is it like GQ or like the New Yorker or something? No, the New Yorker? You think maybe I don't know. Easy, I don't read the New Yorker. It was. uh, I actually, I actually don't even know. I'm, I'm trying to look it up as quickly as I possibly can, and I just can't. It's the sexy photo shoot, very famous Landon Donovan water fountain photo shoot. If you've never seen it, go, uh, go look that up right now, and then go find uh, Pablo's article about that water fountain. He also put up a plaque at that water, like a a gonzo plaque that he made himself and then put up uh, saying, you know, on on this date, uh, Landon Donovan or an American soccer legend took a drink of water. Fun fact, Mm -hmm. it was my employer. It was from the May 26th, 2002 edition of the New York Times magazine. Oh, I wasn't that far off. I mean, um, I mean, it, it's half, all in New York. The name is right. Sure. Yeah, it's all in New York, and the the you know everything revolves around that city. So yeah. That's so so uh, moral of the story is suddenly the water fountain disappeared, and it was replaced with a better, a new water fountain. And uh, Pablo has has dis- found out where it is. He's taken possession of it, and apparently he's going to drive it to the Soccer Hall of Fame. I have checked with our friend, uh, longtime friend of this podcast, Jorn Bukholz, who is uh, the the president of the Hall of Fame right now, or, or CEO, or whatever. He's running the Hall of Fame, and uh, he tells me that they they it might be a while until it's uh, it's up and uh, ready to come visit. But he said it's on its way. Um, that's, it's genius. Pablo's obsession with that is crazy. Um, and almost, almost weird, but, uh, but that's why we love it and love him. Here's the last bit of news. This is the Aurora, Minnesota Aurora kits were revealed this last Saturday. I was on vacation until 1130 PM on Friday night. And then the kit reveal was the next day at the mall of America. We got one podcast member wearing the kit, uh, Corey Shreppel. Tell us what, tell us what you're wearing. Uh, I am wearing the inaugural, uh, home kit. Uh, I forget. I think it's the, that was it's the, the night Northern, sky Northern, kit, Northern lights, the Northern, kit. Lights, yeah. the Northern lights kit. Um, it is, uh, it's just absolutely stellar. Um, I wore. I immediately put it on after I bought it at the um, at the release at the Rotunda at the Mall of America. And then when we went up to the food court and we got some Nof Nof Grill, they were like, "You are the fourth person that I've seen wearing that uh, today." And I was like, "Dude, this! I literally put it on like twenty minutes ago." And he's like, "Yeah." Like so many people have come through this food court wearing <laughs> the kits already. And I was like, "Sweet." This is great. Nice. This is really, really great news. Uh, it, it's my, I got one. My wife, Danielle, got one. Um, I was debating getting a couple more, but I was like, you know what? You know, we'll go. We'll, we'll pick up some others, but I wanted the home kit, and uh, it looks great. It was a blast. Um, the drag queens at the, at the mm-hmm. release were just absolutely stellar. And yeah, that was great. I saw that. It's fantastic. So are you, are you wearing the replica 
forward. I am wearing the replica because I I, I the don't think the authentics aren't available were yet. We're starting to make them, uh, but all of the all of the pieces like the kits came in uh, because we I, when was I in LA? I was in LA like like a month ago. A month ago, month I think. And a half ago? I think yeah. And uh, so the so the kits came in last week, and the pieces the the authentic stuff is stuff that we are uh, making. So basically, the difference between a replica and authentic, the authentic will have an embroidered crest, and then it'll have the customized name and number on the back, and um, and so that so that is something we'll be able to add to if you bought a replica kit, we can add it to it, or we'll we'll be taking orders for that. So. Yeah. yeah, see, here's the thing, because in our Slack channel, like, I was asking what the difference was. And the reason is because as a, a was, I want to say like a, an immigrant kid coming from Latin America, I've never owned anything that's considered to be authentic. All mm. my replicas are like crooked. The letters are misspelled. <laughs> the, I mean, the, are the replicas or not? So here's I, what I'm asking. If like, if you have any knock, any <laughs> things that are considered not 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 uh not up to par like yeah. you know like rejects let me know i'll take okay. those as well i do I, do do we, we want to get like the intentional like alibaba minnesota aurora knockoff kit yeah. that you get for seven dollars so we do we, we, have, can, we can sell uh, them across the street with three, a, if, three, three, three weeks of shipping. i don't have any, any in your size but i do have the ones we use for the photo shoot the authentic uh badge actually the coloring is off and which is why we didn't take any close-ups of that version uh because but we needed them and the new New coloring didn't show up i do have some uh i brought home the ones that we did in la which i did a photo shoot with ali uh um, ali renke who's one of the co-founders um outside so that we could have like good versions of it but um but those kits like the coloring the whole coloring changed and we changed like the neckline we did a lot of things there so um i'm super pumped about the kits uh it was like we brought in cassidy sipneski um, from Ford Madison. She had left there. I met her by chance at the bar, even though I already knew we wanted to reach out to her. And um, I think she just killed it. It's super. And the great thing is like, she knew Hummel um, really well. And so like she could help, help us navigate this stuff because we're going to Hummel. They've got this factory in LA, etc. cetera. Um, and yeah, I think that the, the kits turned out as I was hoping they'd be baller and they're baller. And um, the, the event itself came out with without too many hitches, thankfully. It was a long line to get through. You know, it was the first time we used the, mm. a lot of the stuff. But um, And then my son, Emil, um, also was one of the models of the T-shirts and came out like an absolute... Stud. Oh, he's gonna be. We were talking about he's gonna be a senator. Like the way he like would wave with one hand, with the other hand behind his back, had, and then switch yeah, he, and do it again with the other hand. It's just he, fantastic. He just came out and he was like, "The the these people are here for me." Um, he, he was like, because then he played soccer in that little like area for two hours because I was working and I was like, "All right, kid, go." But um, and he was like in the ride back, he's like. There were lots of people there cheering, just cheering for me, and I was like, "Yeah, buddy, they were they were there for you." So it was great. It was a really fun day. Um, thank you. I saw lots of people who I vaguely, I was like, I know something. You know, lots of people I knew, lots of people I kind of know. Um, lots of people said great things, and lots of people bought kits. So you can still buy kits, and you can always buy them later if you want to see what the authentic stuff looks like at a game. We're going to have a ton. Um, 
but uh, we're, we're very excited about it. So there's that. Let's take a break. We'll come back and uh, talk Minnesota United. Fifty-five one podcast. Let's talk about Minnesota United. We've got a little bit of news here. The U15 Little Loons beat Manchester United FC. It's really hard for me to use to read MUFC and not do the MNUFC thing. So um, anyway, they beat them. Congratulations. I don't know anything other than the team tweeted that and it was like, all right, know, cool. was it, it was PKs. I, I oh, heard yes. one of the U15 Manchester kids smash someone's phone and they're storming off. Yep. You learn, you learn from the greats. That's how role models work. Um, the Dubloons, as uh, as John Marthaler has been calling them, um, Dos Loons, as as you would say, Rodrigo, Minnesota United FC two beat Salt Lake City um, three to two. Um, Diego Pacheco had a really good goal. A um, little bit of mazy running. I didn't know anything about him, so don't know much about him. Um, Fred Emmings should have done better. Actually, I think this goal got called back on a free kick. I don't know, but then yeah, that, he did have awesome. a really great save in the second half. That that was nice. So that's all I got that on was, that. I mean, that was a, it. Was fun to watch. I mean, it was. I, I don't expect. I mean, the production value is not great. I don't expect it to be. I expect it to be like lower level Open Cup matches uh, from like yeah. three years ago. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Does the camera actually pan correctly this time? Uh, it takes it takes a while. Like when so, the ball when the ball goes out of frame, it takes a minute for the ball. Yeah. So it, long it, as the ball doesn't move too quickly down the field, it doesn't follow the game. It moves like a secure. It's just a security camera, so it moves yeah. slow. It pans slowly <laughs> back and forth. I'm doing it with my hand. You can, listener, can you can <laughs> so you like, follow yeah. my hand with your ear? Um, yeah. And so we yeah, haven't we haven't started doesn't. doing Dolby Atmos. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mixes for for the fifty five one yet. Wait, I'm working does, on it. Does it work we'll if see. I go left to right we'll put, here? No, we'll kidding. put each of our voices in different spots. And, and, yeah, um, and then we'll it'll be like Zyrica, Flaming Lips. You can listen <laughs> to the podcast in a in a parking lot uh, and just just have it go around. Uh, speaking cool. of Flaming Lips, played in town this week and uh, dedicated a song to our friend Bruce McGuire, which I think they do every time they play in Minnesota. Um, but. Uh, but Bruce said that it was the best Flaming Lips had sounded in 25 years, he thought, which is like, well, that's awesome. Uh, you know, I think some people know, um, Bruce is a, is a picky man and, uh, that's a, that's a high compliment. So for those I, who are I, at the I, show, I, you, I generally, I generally think the palace sounds pretty damn good most of the time for most shows. So, but I'm sure that they sounded fantastic. So the big news, the U S open cup, Loons got drawn against forward Madison. The Northern Foul Derby, it's going to be played on 420. So it's going to be the bong. Because you guys know the um, on the way from Milwaukee to Chicago, there's the bong state park. So it's going to be the bongy state park after this because bongy's going to score some bong rips on 420. Um, there is going to be a bus that uh, I think a bunch of supporters are going to be out there for that game. Um, it's going to be a blast. I'm sorry I can't make it. My brothers are coming in town that night, and I'm, I'm very mad at them for uh, for having ruined my life. But, for having uh, the audacity to want to visit you. Yeah, yeah. Jerks. Mark is Just, our only representative, right? I think. So I think so. Yeah. I was. I if I, I will be a last minute decide to go depends on how things go. But I mean, Wes, you could always just estrange yourself. Yeah, that's true. 
It look no. like I have from the Fuck rest. Of them. Um, so, but there will be. It's going to be six p.m. on four twenty. We are going to have it at the bar. Please come baked as you as as possible. Um, that's the only way the game's going to be fun. The great thing about this, as opposed to um, years ago, we talk about this this one famous U.S. Open Cup loss at Elizabeth Robbie Field to the Des Moines Menace. The great thing about this is, if we lose, it's kind of like all right, forward Madison, good for you. Like mm-hmm. uh, you know. Um, Neil Lavity is their assistant coach, former uh, NSC Minnesota Stars player, and um, and yeah, they're they're just a great team. They they fired Carl Craig, but I, I still haven't forsaken them, and they've got amazing fans. Uh, so that is going to be a blast. If you guys can make that to that game, uh, you definitely should. If not, come party at, at Blackheart because because uh, it's going to be fun. These these are the these are the things we live for. Uh, Michael Boxall gets in the team of the week because of his uh, luchador action. He put on the mask and threw what's his name on the Austin FC to the ground. And uh, it doesn't even matter. He doesn't have a name anymore because of how how hard he's the guy Boxy with the slammed him. Yeah, Frank. Yeah. getting yeah. in fights with Reynoso. Yeah, I yeah. Is it the Contes? Well, I forget what his name it's is. It's a little orphan Annie now. Is what it is. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Okay, so um, let's talk about this game. Uh, it was against Austin FC. Austin have been, um, they've had some decent results. They're, they're a little bit better, but they were against like Inter-Miami, right? Um, but they're at home and they do get results at home. Um, first half, nothing in this game happened. It was just completely boring. Um, or do you want to go through the recap or do you want to, to talk about this formation? What, what do you want uh, to do? I don't know. I mean, we could talk about, I mean, literally like the first half might've been one of the worst halves of soccer I have ever watched. Like <laughs> even going back to like the, like, you know, first two years of Minnesota United in MLS, they were bad, like really bad. But the other teams pounced on that and like took advantage of that. Austin was just equally as bad as Minnesota. Like, I thought Austin was actually worth worse. Yeah, I mean, and just the, that first half might have been just the most terrible thing. Like it yeah. was, there were zero shots on goal, zero corners, nothing happened. It was just one of the most boring matches to watch, and unfortunately, just a terrible product to put on national TV to yeah. for the league as well. Um, so. Yeah, it it was garbage. What I was amazed by was that Austin had probably four or five, this wasn't just the first half, four or five moments where they just kicked the ball out of bounds. Like they were passing and it just overshot. Like it, they were really sloppy and bad. And it was only in the, the late in the game that, that Minnesota made them start paying. Um, let's talk about the, the, the couple of highlights I, I looked at, which was the second half, um, we came out and we weren't very good. Um, 49th minute, there's a long pass to the back post to snot nose punk D- Diego Fagundes, who, who's wide open. Dotson, the right back, is 10 feet away from him. Um, so Fagundes has time to like head the ball down with no pressure. Alex Ring gets a shot off. It's scuffed, and it would have gone in otherwise. Um, and then, of course, in the 58th minute, Dane releases the ball, uh, just throws it to Will Trapp, who takes a bad touch, gives up the ball, and then he's mad that he gave up the ball. So he spends the next minute running around like a T-Rex trying to make up for it, which means he leaves his position in the midfield, chases the ball 
to um, the, the corner of the box where there's already two other players. He runs by Max Arruti, who's who, like Sam Neill in Jurassic Park, has discovered that Will Trap can't see you when you're not moving. So he falls to the ground, Arruti does, and then Trap just runs by, right? Because he can't see him. He only sees motion. And Arruti then jumps up, gets the ball, and scores the goal. And it's like, yeah, it's like Bob's your uncle. Um, they've got a goal. And... Uh, Life finds a way. That was such a frustrating thing to watch. Seriously, like it was terrible. I can't, I can't, I can't. Like it's like it's it's not only that it's a horrible way to because he fell down and he's on the ground, and then somehow nobody picks him up because everyone seems to be T Rexes and can't pick up a person that gets right back up, uh, and then he just hits the ball just you know uh, like a half volley on the ground and it goes in. It's like. Out of all the balls that that, that could have gone in, that that was not it. You know, would would you say no. that? Would you say that he was a clever girl by doing that? <laughs> so I got to the end of that monologue, and I uh, I didn't uh, plan the ending there, and I realized I needed a Jurassic Park quote to to finish it, and so I yeah. started I started to panic, and uh, that's the mm-hmm. one that that came to me. So. Um, I want to talk about a couple things. I want to talk about the the positions, the the lineup. Um, I want to talk about Dotson. We got to talk about Will Trap though. Let's start here. Mm-hmm. He gets a, a yellow card in the tenth minute. Um, as our our friend Brian Korstad points out, he's gotten four yellow cards this season, all in the first half. The thirty ninth minute minute against Red Bulls, eighth minute against San Jose, and then tenth minute in the Seattle and Austin game. He was um, he was really bad in this game, and in this podcast, we have all sung his praises. We thought he was the best addition last year. Um, he's just been either really mediocre or this game actively bad. Um, he came out in the sixty seventh minute, and um, thank God. And then Dotson was moved forward, but um, he he hasn't. He's been a liability. He's trying to do too much, maybe. I don't know. I don't know if anyone has thoughts on it. I don't want to rag on the guy because I do like him. I do think he's a good player, um, but he just, he's been bad. Four yellow cards in five games. Like, that's something that we didn't see last year. I I just think there's a lot of people who just don't, aren't feeling comfortable with with the personnel out there. Uh, That's one thing. It's like, it's really interesting because Heath, talks about how this is the most um, deep in a sense of like positions that he could just play around with. Yeah. Right. And that was one of the things that I was like, well, maybe that's what he tried to do here with a four, three, three. He wanted to see what Rosales in a Riaga with a trap would look like. And apparently, you know, that's not going to work very well for any of them. Uh, specifically putting Reynoso on the left. Yes. He's played left uh, with Boca, right? Mark, I think he played left a couple of times. Yeah, Boca, but but in this team, he is best when he's in the middle. Uh, and I think you can also throw in Lud for for some reason the Fox announcers after three years can't get his name right. Um, but no, but here's the thing though: after you tweeted at them at halftime, he started like one of was it? It was a who was uh, John Strong one and of them Stuart, Holden. Stuart Holden, yeah. Yeah, one of them started actually saying it differently. So maybe hmm. Chet's Twitter is like, oh, it rhymes with dude? I didn't know that. Um, 
Yeah, I, I don't know what's going on with that that midfield there. I do think Kervin Ariaga was one of the bright spots in this game. Whenever he touched the ball, he was he's just so powerful. He's so good on the ball. Like I don't know if if that guy was running at me with the ball, I'd just jump out of the way. Um, but let's talk about the the setup because we we're talking about um, Reynoso moving out to the left, and then eventually he was just everywhere. We, we played with a 4-3-3 with that three central midfielders. So Amaria is on um, Sugar Ray Island up top. Then you've got um, uh, Pistol Whip Ray over on the left. You've got Robin Ludd, um, who was – he did have a couple moments, but, man, he's been quiet. Um, in this game, then you had these three central midfielders with Trap and Rosales and Ariaga. Um, th- this is something that we've brought up a lot where this this formation doesn't seem to work. It it, it doesn't work. And so and I, I was watching the game with uh our friend Bruce, who really effing hates this formation. And so I actually went then and spent a little time looking up our, our history with it. I didn't go back further than I went back to, to twenty nineteen. So we've played um uh, the the Y Scout that we use, courtesy of our um, Patreon supporters who uh, who help us so that we can pull out these good stats here, um, it'll it'll actually show us how many minutes per game they've they've played it in. So I tried to look at those games and um, in twenty twenty one we only started with it once um, against LAFC for a two two draw in Vancouver we we started with it um, but then we switched to a four two three one. And so we won that game, but only once we switched to a four-two-three-one. Um, so we have, uh, in using that formation in 2021, we scored two, we let in two. In 2022 or 2020, we used it in four games. We won, drew, and lost two games. That was the three-nil drubbing against Houston and the two-one Sporting game. The one we won was against Cincy. So we were outscored two to five in that that year in 2019 we used it a lot we were outscored 12 to 13 and we got 1.2 points per game um it was successful our two big open cup game wins against uh houston and sporting kansas city it was successful there but the the point is here um we're not good with it we don't score goals they score more than us um it's used often as a way to to block up the other teams, it rarely pulls off that effect. Um, and so, yeah, I don't. Well, yeah, I mean, so, I mean, there's there's a couple of different ways that you can play a four three three, and it tends to work better when you have a stay at home six who who is the shield in front of the back line. And you have two eights parked in front of them, and then you have your three attackers. However, you want to. Well, the U.S. uses uses this formation, right? We see it. Yeah, really exactly. Well. Yeah, like mm-hmm. like like we it it does work. It's not a bad formation, but the way that we just the, need the Weston McKinney. Th- <laughs> Sorry. Yeah the 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 middle three is is the place where I don't think that there is any instruction, especially with Heath, who's so reliant on the four two three one with that double pivot in the middle where you have a six and an eight, whatever combination, there is no chemistry when you just have three midfielders like that. Um, You would expect in a situation like that for, you know, let's say Ariaga to sit 
as the six and be a destroyer with Trap and Rosales in, in, in this lineup specifically to help make those connecting passes up up to the to the attacking three. That's not what happens because nobody knows their roles in this the way that the Heath rolls it out. And that's why you have Ariaga who wants to get forward. You have Trap who is trying to do his best Aussie impression this season and he's getting carded in the first half, which means he can't go in for 50-50 balls as often as he, as he would like in the second half because he's going to get carded and he's going to get yanked. Um, I did like Rosales being in there, but I was hoping to see, especially with Dotson playing it right back for this match, which I don't necessarily agree with. Um, I would have liked to see, and I said it last week, I would love to see a Rosales Ariaga midfield pair. But yeah, I mean, Heath is so reliant on Reynoso as the 10. Just because he has played on the left doesn't mean he should play on the left. He can in a pinch. He can be dynamic and 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 switch with the wingers and the striker all the time when you're playing in 4-2-3-1. You have an attacking front four. But to to park him out on the left like that. And then if he does want to cut in, you have somebody like Amarillo who's supposed to go out left. And it just, it doesn't work. Yeah, let me, I think just to, to add with that is that he can work out on the left, but the problem is that he's still the sole creative force. So you're just moving him further from the action or he's forced to come in and then you end up having um, Ariaga or, or Rosales covering over out or, on that space. And so, yeah, or, yeah, or, or it's like he's, he only ha- he has, you know, thirty percent fewer outlets when he's when his back is on the touchline. Right. Yeah. No. And one thing that I think the four three three is calling for in the midfield is that you need because like with Rosales and Ariaga and Trap, you had basically like at least for when they're playing for Minnesota, like in the limited amount of time we've seen them playing for Minnesota, they're all very much more like a number six kind of minded. Uh, midfielders, they're they're not like the push forward number. Like this, that was calling for one guy to step up to be like kind of like the the gray goose before uh, Reynoso arrived. That kind of number eight, who was like the guy pushing forward and making those fantastic assists and like making those fantastic like connecting passes to connect the midfield to the attacking three. And that's what we were just completely missing in this match. Is we had no connection between the midfield and our attacking players. And also, like our attacking players, they they weren't even making runs. Like there was one time where like Lude made a great run down to the touchline and put in a cross, and nobody was running to either post. There's nobody within like six, seven feet of the ball, and like I don't know what you can do with that. Like there, it was just all around bad. Like our attacking four or three, however you want to do it, have just been bad. And when we don't have a midfield that's able to connect with them at all, like. Basically, your best bet is to play not to lose, and that's what they tried to do, and it didn't work. I think just overall, we got to kind of talk about how this formation was was kind of set up. Like, if you have Reynoso on the left, they had they had Rosales run up right behind him, and I think that's one of the things that you need to do. Ariaga will push the ball forward much faster and quicker, and that's what you need to be able to get Reynoso as the ball quicker so we can make a a quick decision, uh, and I just think that was just not, not the the, the way that you want to set that up. I think also uh, Reynoso has just been having the last two games. He's just been totally off. His set pieces have been off. 
his uh even though some people at the uh some of the realtors like the way he he tries to attempt passes but then they get uh sniped um it's it's just you know it's it's just been really frustrating whether it's he's not getting the ball or he's up too high or he's not just getting enough it's it's, it's been inconsistent and i think that that really kills what we are trying we, we are trying to do and i think Um, Lude has been very quiet on that right side and Ariaga was there, but it was more of a defensive aspect for it. So there's like really no engine in this formation. I wanted to see um, Dotson push the ball more, right? And I also wanted to see a 4-4-2 because when you're down by a goal and you got to chase, what more would you want than to bring in fresh legs who are young kids and been in a second forward to be able to make sure that you are pressing at all times. Because when we pressed Austin, we were able to get the ball. The thing is we couldn't contain that press on a four, three, three. If you want to park it and if you want to, if you don't park it, but if you want to just plug up the middle, a four, five, one works the same way. Right. And then that way you can have five midfielders. And as long as they don't know what they're doing and as long as, As long as Reynoso is getting the ball, he can freaking go ahead and and and, and try to figure out who to get the ball to. So um, let's let's move to another part of this, which is we had Dotson at right back. Um, we had Kamar Lawrence at left back, who came out. I think he he had a little knock right before that, so they got swapped. Um, where Dotson got moved to the midfield, Kamar Lawrence came out, and then we had O'Neill Fisher come out on the left. Roman Metnir finally came back in the, the right. We're going to say a lot of negative things about the team because it was a really shitty game. And um, we just, I think, you know, we were very positive about the first four games because we were getting results without looking good yet. And now we're not getting results and we still haven't looked good. But the positive thing I want to say is that we are underrating the reasons for why we're bad in that Roman Metinier. Like when we say that, and, and this is what the realtors were saying. I, I listened to just the, the Minnesota part of the, uh, the realtor uh, podcast. And, um, and they were talking about how bad Reynoso has been. And that's because Metinier is gone. And that's, this is my thesis, right? Because we spend so much of our time moving the ball out up, up with the, the fullbacks, even with chase who like, you know, we've criticized for his ability, his attacking ability. He's still been pretty decent uh, overall over the years, but Roman is who we run through, right? We send the ball out to Roman. He sends it to the midfield. We send it down to the wing to him. And that lets, that releases Robin Lud. Let's, it makes him way more dangerous. We talked about how quiet he is. That's because Roman Metinier isn't there. And so in that, then all of a sudden, We're not sending the ball centrally to Reynoso to create everything and then send it out, right? We're sending it out to the side and it comes back into him. It just shakes, it pulls the team, the opposition, way more out of shape. We are not pulling them way out of shape because we don't have fullbacks who are a part of it. They're defensive fullbacks or um, or just not good. And so I think the fact that Roman Metinier came back into this game uh, is I hope that he stays fit. So that's my hope that I think we're going to get better now that he's back. We definitely got better in this game, but I think that was more a chaos related. Um, not, I don't attribute that necessarily to him, uh, but that's my, that's my thesis on, on Dotson and because Dotson was also bad as a fullback today. I don't know why yeah. we cannot have a backup fullback. What it's crazy, but 
I mean, he, I was just going to say, like, he did save yeah, the ball a couple times. Yeah. Uh, clear the ball, so at least he was doing his job. But, uh, like, like I, I wonder why we didn't put O'Neal Fisher in at right back. He looked great or good in, at, in Philly. He looks... I'll give you I, good. I think he's a, he, yeah, he's, he's a better option than Dotson there. Um, Kamar Lawrence, I thought was fine. I thought like he had some crosses that were like, okay, you know, he's, he's getting back into it. And, and he looks like a legit left back replacement for chase. If, and when chase gets to come back, you know, whatever can agree with Westmore about Metnair. I will say I, yes, it was chaos at, at the end, the last 10, 15 minutes, but, but the you ball saw came how much more. Him. Yeah, it all came through Metnair, and you saw how Reynoso, his ideas were opening up because he didn't have to collect as far back. Or when he did, he could lay it off to Metnair, who would bomb forward. You saw Robin Lud get it in behind, start cutting the balls back, um, not even thinking about the runs that he has to make with Metnair, and you saw how quickly our attack started to to open up. And it's really like changing the angles of attack. And, and Wes, you're exactly right. My, my criticism of Chase is that Chase is pretty predictable when he was in, in terms of his angle of attack and, and, and what options he has there. Because he drives all the way down to the end line and then he cuts it back every single time. Kamar Lawrence provides some additional crossing capabilities we haven't had anything, any alternatives on the right side. And now that we have, hopefully, fingers crossed, um, Metnair back, that should hopefully unlock Robin Lud. He can stay higher. He doesn't have to track back as far. He can combine more. He can cut in. We can create that chaos that, you know, led us to the Western Conference final in that in the end of, the, of 2020, where it was just, it was fantastic. And I think we all have... We knew how important Metnir was, but I think we underestimated what he really unlocks for this team. And the two sides of the coin are: I, I do, I do think Metnir com, coming back in means we're going to be better, um, and 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 I think that then that will there's knock on effects of even I think Trap being worse uh, because the ball is now being sent to him. He has to move it forward. That's what Ozzy could do. He's not doing that. Um, there are things like that, but the other side of the coin of the like optimism, I think we're going to be better is that we've been doing this for years. We don't have a plan B, right? You're, you lose a fullback and you can't, you can't come up with another game plan. Like that just like undoes, you know, it, you can't build a, a, a tactic based on a house of cards like that. And, and that's, that's the frustrating thing, but you know, whatever that that's, that's like the madness down is down that way. So I'm not going to go there. I mean that, I mean, I don't know if anybody else has anything to say about, about fullbacks and Dotson, but it's like, that's, that's the next, that that's the next point. I think we're all getting to is we don't have that plan B. And when, when your plan B is to use Reynoso, like your Tom Brady, he's, he's not, He's not going to be your your star quarterback if that's the only option is to yeah. run everything through him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like because he's still getting fouled like crazy, and he's he has his preferred players that he's gonna gonna play with and pass to. And we've talked about that in the last two or three episodes. You know, it's 
you know, like, you know, it's bad when Cal Williams, the Minnesota United commentator employee is saying that like Unu should start in place of Reynoso underneath Amaria and that second striker role. Like hmm. that. Where does he like, want? Where does he want Reynoso to be? He wants him to bench. be benched. Oh, to send a message. Damn. Damn. Like, and and so, I'm like, so yeah. I, I don't, that's, that's a really interesting fact. Uh, um, I don't, I think with Met near back, that will fix a lot of these knock-on problems. I don't Here's, think so. You, okay, well, hey, we'll, we'll see. We, we've got this weekend. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second. Um, I want to ask this question. Um, we were really high on Amaria. Um, Amaria got another, was it 80, 80 minutes? Um, did very little in this game. But the deal is that, that Amaria was not very good. Um, he had a couple shots. They were They were way off. Um, Unu came in and he had 10 minutes and this was again during the chaos period of the game, but he was running, he was touching the ball. Like he looked like he was motivated and mm-hmm. he should have 25 minutes. He should get a start. Maybe like you need to do this rotate. You need to get these guys going because you have to, you have to send them, keep sending the message to these strikers that they've, they've got to produce. You know, they've got to put in at least a really good game that helps other people. Because right now, it was tough for Amadea in this game because he was on an island, but it was, it was not good. And I, we I need mean, one of these guys to show up. At, at, his, at his current rate, Amaria is on track for 11 goals on the season, which is, you know, more than what full, we had last year. Yeah. More than we had last year. But if you extrapolate it out, Unu's. Uh, matches all the way to a full season, it would have been beyond that. So it's like, you know, it's still or, early in the season, we, but it's still it's still so early in the season, and we're better than we were last year. Right. The, the The Western Conference is much more congested from that third to tenth place, and it's going to be a lot harder, and it's going to be on a knife's edge for a while. Oh yeah, but no, yeah. I mean, the one thing that is. Like, I mean, it sucks for us being like at the rate we're going. We're 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 not going to be a top four team at this rate. Like we're, we look like we're a team. It's way that, early, buddy. I know. I'm just saying. Like we don't look like we're going to be there. And like we, it's similar to last year. Like it feels like we're a solid on the bubble playoff team at this point. And man, when you add in the fact that last year LAFC and LA Galaxy didn't make the playoffs, and then Nashville's in our conference now too, like. There is no margin for error on this. Like, lose, like playing Austin when they look completely terrible and dropping three points to them. Yeah. Dropping three points no to a team that, that looked really bad. Yes. Yeah. Like, they're a good team that looked very bad. And we played. No, they're a bad team that looks very level. bad. Yeah. And, <laughs> and the thing is, like, you know, like, end of the season, these three points are going to be super key. Yes. And yep. it's, it's super unfortunate. So I'm let's got to say is Josh Wolf and Son. We're much better than Heath and his son yeah. this game. So. I mean, uh, is it Owen Wolf? Is that his name? Owen? Yep. Uh, Owen yep. did not uh, get in a fight with anyone and get red carded from the bench. Uh, so. How old is he? What is he, 17? Yeah, mm-hmm. 17. Yeah. So he's a teen wolf? Oh, my oh. God. Oh. Ooh, I, I, I mean, I, I, they need to do a team video of him, like, surfing on top of a van. So, uh, <laughs> Oh, man, him and him. 
him and Oswald right, together. Right, right, right. It's going to have a great time of it. <laughs> yeah, Spe- he's going to team Wolf on Matthew McConaughey's like VW. Speaking of getting results, the, this Saturday, 7 p.m. against Colorado at home. Colorado have been struggling as well. They're right below us in ninth. We have to win these types of games. We have to win all these home games, especially against the the kind of middling teams um, or struggling teams. Uh, I'm I'm super excited about it. Anytime we've got a home game, I'm pumped. They are um, winless in the last three. They uh, have two draws, and then they lost three one to Dallas. Um, so yeah, I'm you know let's uh, let's watch some soccer on that. So now we're gonna take yeah. a break, and we're gonna uh, we're gonna take some questions. My thumb hasn't still hasn't uh, recovered from the uh, um, karaoke incident where I, I fell on my thumb, and I've had what? to. I've had wait, to, wait, how do you fall on your thumb? So I, I, I thought I would like finish the chorus um, by jumping up onto a chair, and then the chair collapsed because I jumped forward onto it, and then I fell my entire body and my hip right on my thumbnail. So I have I've had to like trepanate it to release the pressure of blood underneath oh, it. It's pretty fun. cool. It's really black and what, weird. Um, it's pretty awesome. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm sad for your physical well-being, but what song was it? It was Jimmy Eats World, Jimmy Eat World The Middle. Wow. Uh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. You got to yeah. take some time, man. I'm a, gr- yeah. I'm a grown man. Yeah. Uh, all right. Adult. Let's... Uh, elder, elder millennial. <laughs> Let's finish this <laughs> podcast with some questions here. Uh, Red-breasted Nuthatch says, can you guys do a quick top three managers to replace Heath? Thank you. All right. I do want to say this, guys. It is way too early to be on the Heath out train. Like, don't do that to yourself yet. Like, try oh. to, like, don't go to the darkness yet um, because it, there's no use. Like, Adrian Heath is not going to be fired after getting us into the uh, playoffs three years in a row. Uh, he's he, yeah you no, might he, no dark no he and dr bill are like they have their own pop-up margaritaville on their property and they're just best buds it's five o'clock somewhere out in the western burbs people so say many, that there's a manager so spritzers but it's not all right. So anyway, we'll we'll at least entertain this question. Uh, quick top three managers. So the question was whether or not it's the dream list or the realistic list. What? Uh, who are your managers you want to bring in? Uh, dream uh, or realistic? My dream is Rafael uh, Benitez from Benitez. Lord. Oh my God. Benitez. Have you watched soccer before? Benitez. Benitez. David Beckham, do you know him? Anyways, I would just love to have him replaced by an Everton manager. How ironic would oh, that, that would be? be good. That would be good. You know, he was oh, like so ironic. Manager. Yeah. Or Nuno. Yeah. Okay. All right. Do he gets you- Nuno right because he can't say Espirito. But yeah, <laughs> whatever. Uh, I'd like to see Lucien Favre, for, uh, the former Dort- Dortmund manager. Um, you know, there's there's talk that he might go to like a lower level prem team or something like that. But you know, let's just like take a chance on Minnesota. Come on, bud. Like, I think it would be fun. Okay. 
I'm uh, going to go Jim no. Curtin. I think that I think a, a team, a, as with previous things, where I, I thought uh, we should have fired Heath ages ago and tried to uh, to get a few bigger managers around and, and and to to say like, hey, Jim Curtin, you're good. We want to give you some money here, and he would want money, um, but he's he'd have to leave his hometown club and uh, so. But Jim Curtin and, no, and the only undefeated team in MLS right now. Yeah. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. But hey, man. Um, yeah, no, and also like my my dream has always been like, ever since the um uh, his uh, Huddersfield days has been uh, David Wagner would be fantastic, and he just got fired a month ago, so he's available, so we could actually do that transition right now. Wait, how many how many dream lists and like realistic list do you have, Mark? You have like Mark has dreams, five? man. He's got dreams. Who do you, who do you got there, Rodrigo? Uh, dreamless would be Ricardo Gareca. Um, uh, realistically, uh, Luchi Gonzalez. Yeah. Yeah. The, Luch- the, one of the sexiest that we could get. Yeah. I mean, Probably, you just yeah. want to be reunited with your stepdad. So listen, it's listen, okay, buddy. we I'll, can relive the thunder days. Come on. It's, yep. I it's mean, fine. speaking of it's, reliving the thunder days, like Amos McGee as an interim coach. That would be great. Would be no, terrible. I, don't. I would think it would be awesome. Like he's, Cool with the players. I think he'd bring the like he'd bring the chemistry better in the locker room. Right. I wouldn't mind Amos McGee as an interim coach until we hire somebody uh, after this season. Toby S says, "What's Minnesota United's play, and what would be your plan if Reynoso has an extended downturn in form, right? Or even let's say he's, he's injured. How how would you create things in this team? Would it go to a four four two? Four four two baby. You drop uh, or you can drop Robin Lud in the ten. And uh, do we have someone else who can play right wing at this point? I don't know. Someone sure. put Bongi I mean, out got, there. We can put Bongi up there, but I mean, you can also try I, some of the new kids, right? I mean, yeah. Play I some mean, of the, it, those loons people. If you wanted to start, if you wanted to stick with a four two three one, which Heath would do because he doesn't understand anything else. Um, you know, I think you would you would experiment with a Fragapani in the center, and you put Bongi out left and 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 Lud out right. I think that wouldn't be terrible. I don't think it would be great, but I don't think it would be terrible. I like Cal Williams' idea of like, well, screw it, put put Unu in the middle of the park. You know, not uh, as necessarily not necessarily as a chance creator, but somebody that sits under Amaria and can do a little bit more hold up stuff and and let and let uh. You know, and Ariaga and whoever he's paired with to, I just, to drive the I ball forward. I just think forward. we need someone that makes direct, quick passes. Because all this thing from switching the ball to one side or the other and trying to make the defense move, it's just... You know, there were times where, like, the bossy would dribble past where he's supposed to be because we were playing that high defensive line. Um, and then he would, like, have a perfect through ball that bypassed the whole midfield. I was like, you know, like... One thing that since Melino's been gone is we don't even try to chip the, the, the keep the keep their defenders or the center backs uh, honest, right? I think is if we need to do that more, uh, we need to be able to play those through balls more, and I just don't see that right now. Just, and I think just I, I if, do. You, if you can get if if you get Reynoso to play a little bit more direct, or you get you get the the line that's right behind him. Like you're 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 trapping Ariaga. Ariaga has earlier in the season he sent in some dimes. Over the back line, and if you can, if you can unlock that a little bit, I think it'd be fun. I, I, I would. I think. I think the personnel would fit more of a formation change than anything else. But 
I he, will say, he's never um, do that. Fragapana has been absolute garbage, and he was garbage when he came in for twenty for thirty minutes or whatever. But um, yeah, let's let's say um, Ben Talon says, which god, gods, or entire pantheon have we angered that have caused this current run of play, and how might we appease the supernatural forces arrayed against us? Um, well, first of all, I do not think it is we who have angered the gods. I think that um, Adrian Heath me- needs to make a sacrifice. I don't know which god, though. I don't. Which I mean, god would be cursing a, to, us with a, with such flaccid attack? I don't know, but I mean, my solution <laughs> god of is that the, the the team in general needs to make an offering, and that offering should be five dollar hams, tall boys. Okay. There we oh, go. I thought you were going to say Harrison Heath. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's why he should be him serving him so that he can actually earn his paycheck with the team. Well, I mean, listen, he's, I, he's, I, he's got I, a do nothing job, so he should actually do something like service beers. I think Ike Opara put a curse on this team when he left. Fair it enough. Be fair. We deserve look, it. Look, look, it's, it's extremely obvious that the mate is not working at this moment. So then we need to do the logical thing is. Replace the mate with mate de coca. Get some coca leaves. Yeah. Right. Pray to Mama Coca and the goddess of health and happiness. Try to get one of the supais, which are the god of the dead, as well as the being of the evil spirits, to kind of just be like, you know, let's let's move out. Bring in coca leaves and have the players chew them mm-hmm. during practice because everyone seems to get injured in practice. Yep. And I think we will have truth. a sort of turn for the better after uh, Colorado. I think think someone needs to go back. uh, Intrepid listeners, go back and figure out when did this curse start? Then we can, you can't figure out what the, how to make amends until we figure out when it began. So, is that, is that the call out for next week's episode? Yep. Is that listeners should tell us when did the yep. curse start? Yep. The uh, final question oh, here is manufactured. Is a, a total uh, useless question here. Dean Campbell says, uh, percent chance Unu starts over Amaria versus Colorado. I say 75%. Do you think that there's any chance of that? No. Yeah. Yeah. I Do think you so. think? All right. Maybe I, I was just thinking there was 0% chance, but. So did I. Like, Amaria. I, okay. I thought, I, I mean, I. I feel like Adrian Heath starting Unu was just like too much of a hit to his ego. Like he's way too committed to not playing him right now that any sort of starting him would just be a hit to his ego. Like right, he has but, to like slowly give him like he got 10 minutes this game. He might get 15 minutes the next. Like it's going to be we've a seen slow it transition. Yeah. Well, like someone who's gotten 10 minutes all of a sudden starts the next game. It that depends is true. On, it depends on, on who do we play after Colorado away. No idea. Oh, we no. We play. Who are we going to play after Colorado? Yeah. We play mm-hmm. um, Chicago at home. It's the four yeah. PM game. Yeah, I think. I think in that situation, maybe that's what you do. You give Renew his one shot after giving ten minutes, and actually doing okay, right? And then let him start. And if he sucks for sixty minutes, and then you bring in a Maria or you bring in somebody else, I think it's much more possible than we give it credit. Yeah. Okay. All right. Maybe it was a good question, Dean. I apologize. I rescind my criticism. And uh, I award myself no points. May God have mercy on my soul. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the end of the podcast. Thank you for being part of this. I saw um, uh, saw someone this week who, who said that they were a, an avid listener to this podcast, and I apologized greatly to them. Um, but uh, we appreciate all of you 
You're right. beautiful, you're sexy, and everyone loves you. <laughs>